All right, let's welcome in the rest of the country on the Real Kipper and Bourne Show. We are live on Sportsnet and Sportsnet 650 in Vancouver and Sportsnet 960 in Calgary. Always but always, this hour of Real Kipper and Bourne brought to you by Bet365. Of course, everybody talking the biggest story in hockey right now, the Edmonton Oilers firing Jay Woodcroft and Dave Manson after 3-9-1 and to start the season. Chris Knobloch will come in mm-hmm. with Hall of Famer Paul Coffey. Yeah. And they get to work as early as tonight, just two games on tap. The one we'll be focusing on, as the rest of the country will be, Oilers and the New York Islanders. Uh, let's start, guys, with uh, after a f- convincing 4 yeah. 1 win Saturday night in Seattle and we all woke up much like I guess Connor McDavid did apparently to a text message telling us what happened well I, I would say that the Kraken look much worse than the Sharks did so yeah maybe, <laughs> observation. Maybe, maybe the Sharks are actually the Kraken I don't know but you know I'll just put my two cents in quick which is I I've really felt like this is unnecessary I thought Jay Woodcroft has shown himself to be a very good coach I thought they've got crap goaltending and bad luck, and Connor's been not quite right. They get a win. Like, I still think that this team was going to turn it around. There's not commentary on Knobloch at all. I just think that this, to me, was jumping the gun on something that maybe didn't need to happen. Yeah, it is it is remarkable that this could happen to Jay. And his, his record, I mean, he's, he's got a good record. Well, and they've won playoff rounds. Like, they've, they've been... It could- it could happen in just 13 games. I know. they. He, I think, going into the year, was the fourth favorite for the Jack Adams this year, like if you, the bet by betting odds. And then 13 games later, he's fired. It's, you know, they they're pushed Vegas to the brink last year. They've lost the last two Stanley Cup champions. I understand they had a bad start. But, boy, it, it's tough to look at the way they were playing and be like, this is Woodcroft. Alan Mitchell, Oilers writer for The Athletic, host of The Lowdown on Sports 1440 in Edmonton, will join us in a few minutes, maybe give us some some clarity from uh, from what he sees yeah, or hears. I'm excited about this. Moving forward. Uh, we all watched the press conference. Yeah. Jeff Jackson, Ken Holland, and Paul Coffey. And, yeah. of course, introduction to, to Chris. Uh, a lot of people... Surprised that Paul Coffey made the decision to go back on the hey, bench. Paul Coffey was surprised that Paul Coffey sur- agreed to go to the bench. He literally said, he's like, I said, no, I didn't want to do it. And they like basically talked me into it. You got some sound for us? Yeah, we got a clip from uh, Knobloch. Not Knobloch, it was Jackson and uh, Holland talking. So you want to play that clip for me, Derek? We'll play it there now. Uh, Tom, Edmonton Sports Talk, uh, Tom Gazzola. Uh, for Jeff or, or Kenny, um, obviously a decision like this comes with a, a lot of deliberation. You guys have to meet and discuss. Um, does the players' leadership group come into the conversation? Were they brought in to, to discuss potential uh, options for this team moving forward? Is that something that you guys uh, bring into consideration or have done before? I'll let because uh, I, I did talk. I have talked over the, this past week um, with, with uh, some of the veterans on our team. Um, I'm not going to tell you what they said. I take the information. Ultimately, I have to make I have to make decisions. Obviously, Jeff's got a long, long, long relationship with uh, 
with Connor, you could probably talk about that. Yeah, no, I mean, we didn't consult with the players on this decision. <clears throat> Never spoke with Connor or Leon or Nuge or Nursing or any of the other leadership group. What is that, Kip? This is uncomfortable. <laughs> I mean, that's what? ridiculous. Well, I don't know. I think it's, I, it depends on on how you really interpreted the question. I think it was fra- uh, framed as options for the team. So th- there's a way of Ken Holland saying that I, I talked to some of the veterans, but it, it might have not included the options for the team moving forward. And maybe it's as simple as, I'm spitballing here. Yeah, I've not, yeah, no, I've not I talked to anybody. I know. I've not talked to Jeff Jackson. I've not talked to Ken Holland. I'm just saying, is it how it was interpreted that, no, we didn't talk to them about firing the coach, but I can certainly talk to them about mm-hmm. you know what your thoughts are on this season. It just felt to me, Kip, that... You know, Jackson set out to protect his stars as, you know, the Oilers are falling all over themselves to protect McDavid as they should. And here's your coach and here's your agent and, and all that. But they're trying to protect the guys by saying they're not to blame. Don't look at them. We didn't consult them. We didn't, you know, but it it did to me come off a little rough right when Holland's well, like, yeah, we'll talk to guys. That's some bad, like, listen, you might be right, but boy, that's bad yeah. optics. Yeah. I I think in a perfect world, the last thing Kenny Holland wanted to do is say, well, I'm sure you spoke to Connor and yeah. that kind of set him like, up. Nope. And I, I think Jeff Jackson turned around and wanted to make it abundantly clear. No, Ken, mm-hmm. uh, I did not talk to Connor and I want to make it abundantly clear. This isn't a Connor decision, even though he's my old junior coach in Erie. Right. And, and it's not there's a no, decision, there's no ties to that at all. This is my guy or this is our guy. And that's, I think it was just a reaction off of, of, of maybe the way right. Kenny kind of left but it Ken for him. But Ken wouldn't have said that had he, had they not talked to them. Like I'm sure they had some sort yeah, of, it's, Connor McDavid, for right. God's sake. You kind of want to make sure LeBron James right. is comfortable ho- with what's happening. I'm starting to feel yeah. like LeBron great, James. Great observation. Yeah. GM Connor here all of a sudden. No, you know, it's, I don't well, think McDavid has pushed this either way. I, really fair. Don't. I don't know if that's fair. Well, and I think it's fair that the organization is looking at him as someone they need to keep very happy for obvious reasons. Contracts up in whatever couple of years. Not that he's going to leave, not that I'm saying he's going to leave, but I think the organization is aware that they don't want to see Gretzky leave again. If there's a guy to treat like LeBron James, yes, it's, it's probably Connor McDavid. And they're doing the right thing. Yeah. They're doing the right thing, but it's pretty clear that this is a lot of You're good, right? You're good. You're good. We're all good. You're good, Connor. Okay, cool. Yeah. Uh I we heard Jeff Jackson just absolutely praise uh Chris Knobloch, not just in the last 24 hours, but mm-hmm. Over the, probably the last eight or ten years, he's always been public about how much, uh, how high he re- regarded him, and now the question is: is is he the right guy at the right time? I, I we we you go from Jay Woodcroft, who is considered a younger, uh, progressive, m- uh, forward-moving communicator, yep. to the same type of guy. Yeah. No. Well, and you didn't have to rush to hire him. Like, I don't think he was getting hired by anyone else anytime soon. You could have seen it through a little bit, but I, this guy's going to know a lot more than I do. Let's bring him in. All right. Let's bring in uh, Alan Mitchell, Oilers writer for The Athletic, uh, host of The Lowdown. Uh, thanks for joining us, Alan. And uh, uh, 
in the last 24, 48 hours. What are your initial thoughts on on where you're maybe thinking this is heading in a short-term or long-term situation? Well, I think what you guys just said is true. They got one communicator to replace another communicator. This all happened because Jay Woodcroft got goalie. The the owners cannot stop pucks. The defense has been not great. It will improve just because randomness and regression occur. But it was at the start of the season that made it very difficult to overcome. The owners are in a huge hole, and uh, Woodcroft paid the price. I think, you know, Knobloch's reputation is very good. He's not proven. He's very similar to the way Woodcroft would would arrive uh, in February of 2022, but uh, you know, I think it's unfortunate. I think Woodcroft is a really good coach, but I I also believe that this might be the shot in the arm this team needs, along with better health for McDavid and Ekholm, and if they can get, like Skinner had a he wasn't busy, but he had a decent night the other night. If they can get better goaltending, I think they can get right back into it. The the Pacific Division is gone, but the wild card is possible, but man, they got to pick it up right now. How do you uh, make sense of maybe how this decision was made? Um, You know, Ken Holland is the GM, Jeff Jackson, going to, you know, has a lot of sway now. Is this a a Jackson decision? Is is Holland even the GM now, feeling like Jackson is sort of calling the shots? Or where are you at on the, the leadership of the Oilers? I think it was a key thing. I think we saw it at the press conference where Ken Holland said he talked to the players, kind of felt them out a little bit, and then Jeff Jackson said, no, we made this decision without the players' uh, consultation. And I think I think what it tells you is that Jeff Jackson is, in fact, acting as the general manager of the Edmonton Oilers in, in this particular case. Uh, and I think Ken Holland is, you know, I mean, he knows everybody in the in the league, and he might be calling, but I think the final decision has, has gone to Jackson, and and I think the changing of the guard might have happened during that press conference. So, Alan, if we if we talk about a, a Chris Knobloch coming in now, are, are we talking about a guy that just needs to uh, work on X's and O's and get better goaltending? Is, is is that the answer? If if he needs to rattle the the cage a little bit, is does he even have it in him to do that? I'm not sure. I mean, I've, I've talked to people who know him in Hartford, and they're very high on him. They, he, he's good at developing talent. I think that's one of the keys that Oilers fans should look for. Uh, more minutes for Dylan Holloway. Hopefully they call up Roberg. Guys, when he got here, when Woodcroft got here, he increased the pool of talent by playing young players. The Oilers have a lot of guys who are, are marginal NHL players right now who are veterans, and they're, they're depth players. They've got two. They've got a number one line a number two line, a number four line, and an AHL line. They need to improve, and you improve by playing your young players like Dylan Holloway, and Jay Woodcroft got away from that, and I think that what Knobloch needs to do is to play the young players ahead of veterans who are fourth-line depth guys. And do you see that, you know, if they hadn't made this move, do you think that the results would have been much different than what we can expect to see? Like, you, you, do you do think that Knobloch has some, is going to be significantly different for this group? 
You know, I, I think what's going to happen is regression, and you guys yeah. both know about that. But it's it's this is you know there's a randomness, and, and it's hard to describe. But you know, Connor McDavid, he hasn't played poorly. You know, without the puck, he's been playing pretty well. But this is the, one of the, uh, if not the poorest stretch I've ever seen him. And I know he's coming off an injury, and I know the puck is jumping on him. But you know, they just had crappy luck, and I think that will turn, and maybe it did the other night. And uh, I don't think. I I think Woodcroft would have benefited from it had he stayed, and I think Knobloch will benefit. This is a way better team than their record, although your record always reflects what you've been through. And I think, I think by, I think what they're hoping for, the reason they made the, the, this move is they're hoping for what happened in St. Louis a few years ago, and Bennington was called up. And I, I, I suspect they're they're hoping for lightning in a bottle, and that Skinner can straighten away, and the new coach will just be a fresh set of uh, eyes and ears. And, you know, it does happen. Sports is, you know, you guys both play. Sports is funny that way where a small thing can, can tweak a, a, a hot streak or a, a cold streak. And right now the owners, I think they're due, as they used to say. We're talking to Alan Mitchell, Oilers writer for The Athletic. Uh, Alan, uh, the, the decision to put Hall of Fame great Paul Coffey beside Chris Knobloch, who has zero NHL coaching experience, uh, What's what's the vibe in Edmonton on that move? Well, the, the vibe is because some of us remember Paul Coffey, a wonderful player, but, you know, defense is not, you know, like I think Charlie Hottie would have been a more uh, popular candidate among the fan base. Hottie has a lot of experience and was a defenseman. Coffey is a, was a brilliant player, uh, and I know he's observed the team for several months. He's been around them, so I, I'm sure he has some really good ideas, but I think Mark Stewart might end up being, uh, or Gullet, Glenn Gullitson might end up being more of a of the X's and the O's. I think Coffey probably has great insight uh, into the game but you know as far as structure is concerned I mean he can say skate like me but I don't think anybody can other than that I'm not sure what he'll bring but he is a he, you know he's seen the team he'll know them well and maybe there's some tweaks that he can that he can bring what do you think is Daryl Cates's level of involvement in the way the team is shaped right now can you repeat the question? What do you think, uh, like, Daryl Cates, what is his involvement? Like, is Jeff Jackson someone that appeals to him? Paul Coffey someone that appeals to him? Is he having input on this team the way a Jerry Jones does in Dallas? I think that's exactly right. I think that, that Daryl Cates is an emotional guy. Uh, I think that, that he was frustrated. Nolan didn't go out and get some forwards when they were suffering and there were some injuries. And I think that, that what we're seeing now is a reflection of that. He doesn't want to lose the season again. And I, I also think that the owners are, are uh, laser-focused on Connor McDavid returning, and that's why Jeff Jackson and Chris Knobloch are here. They're gathering the troops the way Bill Torrey did when he traded for Jean Potvin in the early 70s to ensure that Dennis Potvin would sign with the Auditors instead of the WA team that would have drafted him probably Quebec and I think that, that the owners have the long game with Jackson they probably have the long game with Knobloch and they felt like the time was now and I wouldn't be surprised if more of that occurs the owners are they're 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 pot committed with Connor McDavid and I don't I mean I don't know the same scenario can apply to Leon Dreisaitl because I, I don't know what Dreisaitl and his agent are thinking but I think McDavid is the guy that they're, they're laser focused on. He's got a couple of years left. We'll see what happens in uh, next summer, not this coming summer, uh, about a re-signing. But I, I think that 
Daryl Cates is thinking long term. I think that uh, coffee's probably going into the room to to monitor to see if everything's a okay there. And um, the bottom line here is that, that Daryl Cates has always been involved. I think he's always been an owner who, you know, he may not be in the public eye, but I think he's certainly concerned about his team, especially when they start off so badly. Should get real interesting as early as tonight when the New York Islanders and the Oilers a battle. Alan, really appreciate your time. Thanks for doing this. I enjoyed it, guys. Thanks very much. Thanks, Alan. Uh, I want to get into... We'll get into the Connor and Leon future in just a second here, but I just want to touch a little bit on uh, the the Paul Coffey. And I just, I don't know how this is going to kind of play out with a rookie NHL coach who doesn't appear to be this kind of big personality, Mm -hmm. right? right? I mean, he doesn't. I, I don't know much about him at all. And listen, I, all of it's true with, when you hear great things about him and it's it's set up well that a lot of people felt like maybe he was the next coach that was uh, destined for an NHL club. Obviously, as a huge supporter in Jeff Jackson, but nothing screams out to me as this guy being uh, uh, like a big voice in a room, a guy that can kind of rattle a few of the players at, at times you do need you you generally go from a jay woodcroft to a hitch uh <laughs> gerard gallant uh, a keenan a guy that can just come in and say we know your shelf life we know your shelf life is only three years but we just need to hit one of them yeah. in three years yeah. and then i'm gonna get rid of you too yeah that's not chris knobloch no and now you put someone like Paul Coffey, who is bigger than life image yeah. in Edmonton, Strong on that bench with him. Too, right? yeah. yeah. And listen, I, I, I know Paul. I know him, and I know him enough to tell you that this move isn't ego-driven. It's no. not, he's not money. He's not, he doesn't need notoriety. He's doing it because he feels like he can, it, it can help the Edmonton Oilers win. That's the only reason why he's there. But I just don't know how that normal dynamic between a head coach and the pecking order that we usually know about as an assistant coach falls in for this. Yeah. Like, it's he's not your normal average assistant coach no, moving forward. No, you, you don't get to say, hey, I asked you for that power play before the meeting here today, and if it's not finished, I need it done, you know, we're, let's go. You can't lean it's on Paul, Paul Co- in that way. Paul Coffey. Hey. Cough. We needed that. Can you? Hey, cough. Where do you think you're going? Yeah. Okay. I know it's one thirty in the morning, but that that video's not done yet. Yeah. Hey, and by the way, tomorrow before <laughs> practice, I need you out there with those guys to work on you know X Y Z. I right? don't know how that's gonna thing work out. Is, doesn't it feel a little bit like Kate sending like his guy? Well, down there. everybody I talked to today says the exact same thing. Like you've got like right? the, the, so you know, that's the like other thing for the owner. That's the other challenge for Paul Coffey now <laughs> is to make sure that I'm not in here um, reporting uh, right to the owner because prior to this, trust. prior to this, you know, you talk to people close to the Edmonton Oilers and they'll tell you, okay, there's the owner, then there's 
Paul Coffey. Then there's Jeff Jackson. Mm -hmm. Then there's Ken Holland. Maybe somewhere in there is Bob Nicholson from afar. Oh, right. He's still involved. Is he? No, not really. (laughs) Not really. I think it's kind of quiet now there with Bob. But so, So how do you go from maybe the second guy, right, under the owner to assistant coach? I would have personally, if I, I would have gone to Paul Coffey and say, listen, you take over for the whole year. You. You want to go run the team? Go well, Marty no. St. Louis no, no, with no, no coaching? No, he, he, I don't think he ever wanted it, to be honest with you. And did he not mention that in his press conference? That like He literally was like, I don't, I didn't want the job. I turned it well, down. he didn't. He wasn't looking for it. Right. I think that's what he wanted to say. Okay. Because Maybe I, I'm I misquoting think, that. I think there's still juice for him to kind of be there. But I'm like, if if Paul Coffey's going to be every day at the at the rink and he's going to be on the ice every day, just make him the head coach mm-hmm. for this year and see where it goes. I would have I would have pulled a, a Marty St. Louis. Yeah. And just said, Coff, go there. And now Coff, that's the guy you want. Make well, him the guy. just. Koff can go in there and and work with them and and give them exactly what they need when when it needs to be done instead of just kind of maybe nudging Chris Knobloch a little bit here. I I just think it's 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 a strange dynamic having a be, bigger than life guy uh, beside a guy that is. But he's not going to be the typical coach X's and O's. I think he's going to be an ear. Right? He's going to talk to players, communicate, sit in the dressing room in their stall and go you know chat with the guys. I don't think he's going to be drawing up the drills in practice. That would be my guess if I had to. The other thing, to the point you're making, go ahead. Yeah, I, was, I, I don't worry about the drills. Any, any, any assistant coach can run a practice for 45 minutes as long as I tell them that, you know, where I think we're weak or mm-hmm. where we need to work on a first pass or the power play or penalty killing. To me, it's just about um, whatever the guys need at any time. I just don't think Chris Knobloch's going to go in there and and – shake it up if he has to well what's hard is you know we're here in toronto and we've seen where it has felt and we have talked about this ad nauseum for years at times like the inmates run the asylum where one time last year sheldon keefe i think he benched marner for a shift and he said that the players his best players weren't good enough and then literally had to apologize the next day for that and it was like who is in charge the players or the coach now keefe has made Um, i'm i'm gone to great lengths to establish himself as the guy clearly making decisions. Knobloch, Knobloch walks into that room with Connor McDavid as the clear guy who makes the decisions. And Leon Dreisaitl has two years left, one and a half years left at $8.5 million, And he probably has more influence than the coach too. And maybe guys with long contracts like Hyman and Kane, maybe they have more, you know, I'm saying it's a tough spot yeah. for Knobloch to walk in where he feels like the eighth most influential guy in the room, and he's tasked with being the guy. I, to me, this is what Jeremy Colton went through in Chicago. Even though they knew that they were going to lose there, they basically said, here's Kane and Tave's team. You go tell them what to do. And it was like... Yeah, that was tough. But you're it's, set it's, up to it's fail. E- it's easier with coffee there, I think, yeah. in the room. Yeah, but, you're but, right. But how, how do players interpret that? Are you saying that, or is Paul telling you to say that? Yeah, I mean, it, what's the what's the influence of having the relationship between 
Knobloch and McDavid. McDavid's like, already you, tried to downplay that. He I know. Was like, I don't know. I don't know what he's been up to. I believe he said. Him. I know he's been coaching, but he literally is like, I don't know. I, I believe him. I do too. I 100% believe him. I believe him. I don't but, think he's BSing. You, know, I don't, you think... don't think they're like best buds? No. They I don't think, think they like talk been a lot. Texting or anything. I don't think that's, you know. Right. I, and listen, I mean, it's, you know, we just, we listened to Alan. His agent's the, the president and his junior coach is now the coach. Like, to me, there's, you're trying to keep him happy. Alan Mitchell mm-hmm. just moments ago set a, a picture that suggests that they're setting him up to come back and Another sign a new contract. Mm-hmm. He's not and even eligible for a year and a half or something, right? 18 yeah. months. Yeah. <laughs> it's 18 months. Yeah. And Leon is July, buddy. Yeah. So Jeez. if if this is a setup to make sure that those two guys aren't going anywhere, like, how does it work? By the way, is Leon getting more money than Matthews? Definitely, right? Hold on. Don't get too far ahead of yourself just yet. Oh, you're like, I'm oh, just, he's going to give me my, my, that much. Yeah. My point, my point is... Like, the only way they have a chance, I don't care if it's Jeff Jackson, I don't care if it's his junior coach, you got to win. you got to show him that I can win here. That's, that's the ace. Of course. That's the trump card. Of course. So, like, doesn't really matter. All of it around it, the bells and whistles around there, doesn't matter. Does he feel like the team can win? Yes and or no? That's, that's where it's at for me, yeah. is that if, if it doesn't work, then as early as July, Leon goes, okay, I mean, I want to go somewhere where I can win now. I'm in my window here. So that's why the desperation and the firing after 13 games is there. Like, they can't afford to have these guys feel like can't they can't afford win. it. Right? They can't, they're not they trying. Can't, they can't be an out-and-out bad team. No. Or else they're going to lose which, these guys. You know, to well, give Holland some credit, if, you're, if you believe it's the coaching a little bit, Good for them for not waiting and saying then. Oh, they have no choice. They had no choice, yeah. I guess. I mean, at the end of the day, you did have a choice that you could snap out of this. Uh, but they weren't willing to take that chance, yeah. per se. But So but, you think they asked Connor? I don't think they firing asked. him? Yeah. I think they've had conversations on what do you think of the system and what's working and what's not working and what's frustrating you mm-hmm. as far as, hey, Connor, we're going to fire we're gonna fire this guy after uh, this game and we're going to bring in this guy. What do you think? Mm-hmm. That never happened. No, but I do believe that for sure it had been like, I think you nailed it, Kip. You have those conversations like, well, what's happening yes. here? You know, you're inside the room, you're on the ice, and what's happening? What are we missing? You know, and so if Connor says a couple things like, I don't know. This new system's not yeah, working. I got to be better, says, right? I, yeah. As soon as I'm better, we just got to make a good first pass. We just need this. We just need that. But if one of those things, Kip, is we took three too many men penalties in one game, you know, like we, yeah. we can't defend in our D zone, or if we're terrible any, at line changes, right, why are if, we getting if caught? Any of those things implicate the coach, and not that Connor would have done it to yeah. to talk about Woodcroft. But yeah. like, if those answers are that way, if you're the GM, you're like. Well, maybe that is part of it. And come July, if Leon Dreisaitl's pulling a Willie Nylander and there's no deal, no contract, uh, that ain't helping. McDavid. That ain't helping McDavid. If that guy walks, what is Connor staying for? (laughs) I do think that this turns around for them. Like, watching that team, it's still there to me, and I've stuck with that this season. Um, And it... That game on Saturday, Hyman is so good. 
Oh, first for him period, to get national hat Yeah, but like even out, outside of that, yeah, just so like they have great players there. Yes, they do. And it feels like it's got to. They have out. some ungreat players too, for sure. <laughs> well, Mostly a net. You just get Soros listen, right now. That's what you got to do. The one thing, and it, it, it's a trap that he can't follow. In that trap is that uh, we're just gonna play the crap out of Drysaddle and and McDavid. That. That's not the way it works. It's you know, not basketball. What you might want to do is give McDavid you, you need, a night or two off. Do you see that one of the first quotes that Knobloch had was like, there's too much pressure on these guys. Way I, too I much. And them. I've had that conversation with you guys. Yeah. And, and with Toronto and Edmonton in particular, uh, they're spent. They're, they're a dozen games in. There's yeah. 70 more games to go. Those guys feel like they've been through the ringer. A war. And like Nuge is underachieving statistically. Like they can get more from a lot of guys. I, Speaking of Nuge. Yes. Would you say ninth coach? Yeah. Let me see. I got a, I got the list here. So Nuge has been there since 2012, and he has had roughly 1,000 coaches. Uh, I can't find the list right now. Yeah. But it's been, going back to Tom Rennie, he's had nine coaches in 11 seasons, which, what an insane statistic that is. Is that, like, what's the record for most coaches? I feel like that's got to be it. I, with, with one, one team? With one team. It's got to be close. I can find this. I right, pull. I'm pulling up the coaches right. here. List of Edmonton. Yeah. Okay. Um. Yeah. Tom Rennie, Ralph Kruger, Dallas Eakins, Todd Nelson, Todd McClellan, Ken Hitchcock, Dave Tippett, Jay Woodcroft, Chris Knobloch. Here we go. That's a roster in itself. That's crazy. Ryan Nugent Hopkins, coach killer. I know he's not. <laughs> All right, Sammy. Where do you want to take us? Game time. You want to go to? Let's go to game time. All right. It's game time, presented by Bet365. Visit the app for the latest odds and find out why it's never ordinary. Bet365 must be 19 plus, Ontario only. Please play responsibly. Now, I talked on this about the Oilers beating the Sharks the other day. Yeah. Where I was incredibly confident that the Oilers were going to beat the Sharks by, I think, four and a half was my pick. Yeah, and they they lost. Yeah, it was a really great bet. I actually liked the bet, though. Thank you. Tonight, to me... Is like what's the what's the saying? The dead cat bounce. Mm-hmm. It's a bad saying, but that's what they say about the fun. coach. It's funny, but yeah. So cooking up a little same gamer for both Connor and Leon to score and the Oilers to win is plus four seventy five. Okay. To me tonight, it just feels like if they don't win this one on home ice after their first really good win of the season against the Squids, against a struggling uh, Islanders team. Tonight's got to be so. Can, can I ask you yeah. where your New York Islanders are right now? And is there, like, is Lou feeling it right now? Boo Lamorello. Um, yeah. So to tell you where I think they are, I have placed two units on the Edmonton Oilers to win in regulation tonight. Mm. Um, I don't know, Kip. I, I just feel like the idea of lose we'll just get a bunch of old reliable pros who do it the right way it was great but they keep getting older and they were old to begin with and suddenly got no one who can shoot the puck in the net and it's just an old team so it's tough for me to see you know them being great they have enough players that you think it's a fringe playoff team but this islanders team to me needs dynamic players as much as anyone in the league it's horvat and barzal and then I don't know. Angval, who are you going to get goals from? Lean. It is lean. But yeah, Edmonton. They could use a Willie Nylander. 
Yeah, they could also use some cap relief. I'm not sure how you make that happen. <laughs> yeah, everybody could use William. Everybody could um, use a score. Yeah. And next one I'm looking at here is tonight. Colorado got starched 8-2 by the Blues. They're in Seattle tonight. I got to tell you, my first viewing experience with Seattle Kraken was not an enjoyable one on yeah. Saturday night. They are bad. Yeah. And they just, they're just not. They just can't score. They just got, they've got no impact, guys. It's just a, not an exciting team. Oh, by the way, I'd like to take this back to last year and just. You said this the whole last retroactively year. Retroactively yeah. be sick of people being like, they got Oliver Bjorkstrand. Yeah. It's like, okay, everyone has Oliver Bjorkstrand. Yes. Uh, the Avalanche tonight liked them uh, a, a minus a goal and a half. They, it feels like they're going to win that game big time. I have they, them as my mad, survivor pick this week. They're going to be mad. They have lost to Seattle last yeah, week. Yeah, like it just feels like that's a team that's going to come they're off They're playing crummy, but they're going to pull it out. And uh, just wanted to check in on the Hart Trophy race because you know I love doing that. Austin Matthews is now plus 400 with Connor McDavid, McDavid at plus 300 is still the favorite. So Austin Matthews is second still favorite. Still the favorite. Yeah, still the favorite, Connor McDavid. Do you know what kind of pace Connor's on right now? Well, like a 40-point pace. 70 50 plus points and 13 goals for the season. Is that the pace? Yeah. At 69 games, I guess. That's 70 like games. Bedard being on a 57. Watch, he's got to go on, hey, gotta go on a tear right now. He will. It's really weird. You know, I, it's just, I don't think, I don't think there's ever been a time that guy's put on skates and his numbers have looked this bad. Yeah. Find it for me. You know what's funny is looking back at some guy's careers. Maybe sticks in the maternity ward. <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> but like, you remember Alex Ovechkin scored, uh, he won two Rocket Richards. Um, and then he had a 33-goal season yes. and then a 38-goal season. And then he was above 50 and won Rockets yeah. and all that. But in the middle of his career, he had two down years. Matthews last year has like a random down year. It's not, yeah. Hockey's hard. Hockey's hard. Sometimes you're just not feeling awesome. And so, they're, so they didn't get – Drysaddle or McDavid didn't have a point on Saturday night. Wild. And that's the, only the eighth time since 2015 that they've won with both those guys didn't get a point. Eight times since 2015? It's 2023. That's eight years. Oh, my. That's the most insane stat I've ever heard. So there you go. All right. That was Game Time, presented by Bet365. Visit the app for the latest odds and find out why it's never ordinary. Bet365 must be 19 plus. Ontario only. Please play responsibly. Okay. We're going to take a quick break. And when we come back, uh, more talk on the NHL going to Sweden. Yes. Is is this where we need to, to grow the game? I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. It's... I mean, they're like the third best hockey nation in the world. Yeah, so maybe exactly. not. I don't know. Okay. And before we go to break, shout out to Sophie and the Whippy Wolves. Good luck in Buffalo. Oh, All right. There yeah. you go. Oh. <laughs> All right. Hockey in Sweden and also Zadorov's agent yes. leaking that, Love his, that his client wants out. I want to get into that uh, with some calgary flavor to our show all right we're back after these words stick around breaking down the top stories in the nhl every day the jeff mary show subscribe and download the show on apple spotify or wherever you get your podcasts four teams heading to sweden to play I don't know what do they call it. Super Series, Global Series. Yep. Do they sure. give it a fancy title? Yep. The Swedish Sweden. Series. Awesome series. Minnesota, Ottawa, Toronto, and Detroit. Uh, today, uh, Damien Cox in the Toronto Star wrote an article about basically 
what are we doing? Why are we going there? Right. You, uh, did you like the article? Yes. Did it give you some food for thought? It did. To be honest, I, you know, like many fans, I was like, okay, they're going to Sweden, whatever. And then, yeah, it took a second to think about it and was like, why is this happening? What is the, like, I, I'm for glowing yeah. the game globally. Send the coyotes. It? Well, there's... <laughs> sure. Send the How send the blue send no one in November the, to Sweden? The, the bottom line is Gary and the, and the league, they don't do anything unless they're, there's money involved. Like, so they're making money. Who's paying it's them not, here? It's not just the gate, obviously. No. What happens is you have to... A, a, a promoter takes this on and guarantees the league... A certain amount of money, mm-hmm. and then the league can, I think, sprinkle a cherry on top with cream with a title sponsor, and they can start selling advertising. Like, th- there is reason to go. I think the, the beyond number, money, there's money. It's not great money. It's it's okay money, Some but money. it's not great. It's not NFL playing in London every Frankfurt, year. Money, Frankfurt, right? Yeah. See that uh, dome? Yeah, yeah. So it's amazing. They've got. Between Sweden and Finland, there's got about 100 players in the league. So uh, there is, it is a hockey hotbed for sure. as small as the country is, it's, uh-huh. there's, it's, it's meaningful. So there is money involved. You're not going to ever buy out a Toronto Maple Leaf or New York Ranger game because they, don't, they can't afford to give you probably $3 million, but they can buy out Detroit's home game okay. at about a million and a half. So... They're not getting rich off of it, but it's an easy score for 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 the NHL. The problem isn't going there. It's not having a real plan on how many times you want to go or a bigger picture. The inconsistency mm-hmm. is the biggest problem that the league continues to have until they make this major announcement for international hockey. Well, and if I'm a player... And I play in the National Hockey League, and you sign me to a contract to play for X amount of years. That doesn't like it's relevant to me that in the middle of the season, this team is going to go overseas, and now I got to get out of my rhythm in the middle of the year where yeah. the other 27 teams don't have to do this. So, why am I getting messed with this? Could affect my game negatively. Yeah, I know. And that's an issue with uh, your players' association. They negotiated this. They're involved in this because it's uh, hockey-related revenue. So they're not going without the blessing of the NHLPA, which has to have the blessing of the players. So, I so guess... they're, they're, they're in it. The All only right. question is, is I, I would imagine that I, I would hope that the PA would have been able to negotiate a deal where, uh, you know, they're not involved on the, on the costs of putting this thing up, right? The, so yeah. For sure. That, that, you know, the hotel's paid for our flights. It's not yeah. coming out of our 50% of the revenue is my point. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. So I, I think other than that, it's it should be. Like, it's great. It, it's a big ask. It, it is a big ask. It's but, great for Sweden to have this there. Yeah. I'm sure, you know, they have a lot of players in the league, and that's wonderful. But it does feel like, okay, well, then make it a part of the preseason, like Australia. Make it, you know, if we ever want to do a tournament or whatever, something greater, that's fine. This, to your point about it being sort of arbitrary, it feels very arbitrary where you take a team that finally won a couple of hockey games in the Leafs and start to get rolling. Now it's like, okay, we're going to take a week off, fly to Sweden, do a press tour. Like, this feels very disruptive to me. The Olympics, too disruptive to our schedule, but this, this we can do. I don't know. I don't like it. Yeah, it's, you know, I... I've had some friends text me about how much they hate it, and I wasn't really 
hating it that much, but yeah. that, what you just said right there, pissed me off. The Olympics? Yeah. yeah. About how they whined about how it's like they ru- disrupt and they're upset they don't make any money off of it. And like the second they're making money, they, they'll disrupt it, the hell out of the season. Oh, yeah. It, That's it, never it been got it. used as a bargaining chip to restructure a few things during the pandemic. And uh, the, the, the league wanted this. Oh, the Olympics. The players. Yeah. yeah. The players. Yeah. And, you know, so far, nothing yet. On, yeah. What, what's going on there? I, I don't believe anything's imminent, but that they would they're still them going negotiating, to the but everything's pointing in a direction that uh, when they make a major announcement for it, they, you, you're going to hear stuff probably in the next six, eight years. Oh, like long-term Long-term, yeah, that you'll plan. get. You'll, you'll have an understanding, and everything will be built around a World Cup as well. This isn't just the Olympics. This would be a World Cup that would so a two, stretch a two year every two years, plan. I think. And a World Cup where, hey, some, some games, like it won't be, Toronto will never host a World Cup ever again. Really? No. It would be internationally, you think? It, like it, would be, it would be spread around North America. There could be possible games in Europe as well. Well, that's so, fine. Have the tournament there. That's cool. What do you... I don't know what you know about the NBA's in-season tournament, but the games that they're already playing count towards it, and then the best teams in the round robin play two separate games, and the players can win, I think, a half a million dollars so, each. So the thing I didn't know is that their tournament games count against their regular season schedule. Yeah. Which I didn't know. I thought it was which just I like love. a total, total outside but thing. But the two finals... Yeah, the, are, the semi are, bonus the final, games, are bonus games, which are in Vegas. So yeah. are you seeing something in this uh, with the National Hockey League? To me, it's not disruptive of the schedule that much. You see other sports have it. There's this added thing where the players can play for something else. It's just another thing to compete for to keep the regular season lively. I don't hate it. I don't know. I Well, I mean, I'm a big soccer fan, and they do, they've do been doing this in soccer for 100 years. Like, there's four different trophies you can win in English soccer. FA Cup, well, three. FA Cup, the Premier League, the Carabao Cup. Like, there's all different things that you could win. Would, yeah. I like it. It incentivizes other teams. Like, there's something to play for if you're crappy. Would you ever see a, uh, a league in your world where there's an NHL team in Sweden? So, I would love to say that I love Sweden. And if there were a a team that were, like, permanently there, yeah, you know, at least it's there for everyone, right? It's part of everyone's schedule. Have, you go there and play multi- five games or exactly. whatever. And, yeah. Great, let's do it. I'm fine with that. <laughs> I think it's I don't way like more, the random one-off for the for a couple teams. I think it's way more possible for an NFL team than a because you go play one game. Yes, like I think it's you know they travel over here. You'd schedule it so that they'd be here for three weeks. They'd play a, and then they'd go back. Yeah, I, like to me, it's to home. me it's much more like as a team that's playing three times a week, maybe sometimes four times a week. To me, having a team in Europe seems insane. Well, tough schedule to be on that team. Yeah, like I'm in oh North America yeah. most of the time. I just I'd be used to the jet lag. I just yeah. don't know. Like, like we're, we're used to like two hundred dollar tickets, three hundred dollar tickets every game, forty, forty one games. Mm-hmm. Like, I, I don't know. I don't no know appetite what, there for that. I don't know. I, are you, are you I getting standing room at the Scotiabank Arena for those prices. Yeah, two hundred bucks. Holy hell. no. Good ticket. Keep going. I mean, depends. Four hundred depends who they're playing. Six hundred depends who they're playing. And I don't know what they're charging over there for these games, but I gotta think can't be cheap. Two hundred euros has to be. Like I I know my my cousin lives in Australia and he went to the games. So what kind of tickets would they charge for their premier uh, uh, Swedish league? 
Like, is that, a, is, that, that's, is that a hundred dollar ticket? Not the foggiest. I just know Australia was like eight hundred dollars a ticket or something. Like it was no, for NHL. But I'm talking about yeah. their Division One. Would never. You know, not the first. I idea. just don't know if they're, they're. I'm trying to pull it up. If there's money here. in in Sweden to to support anything other than a one off. Yeah. Okay. Two teams I cannot pronounce. Uh, playing on Thursday, 15, 16 tickets remaining. Two two tickets. Um, seventy nine bucks each. Yeah. These tickets, euros or bucks? Bucks. Pretty, pretty cheap. Yeah. Right. Jack it up times three, and the Lakers. The Lakers are playing. That yeah. so that, <laughs> different know, market maybe. Yeah, I don't know. I don't listen. Just a I, different is, market. I clicked StubHub as the first thing that popped up. This could be <laughs> like third division. I have no idea. No, no, no. They're legit. I, I rushed into this. Okay, a story that uh, I mentioned earlier. Uh, uh, Calgary Flames. We know their situation on the blue line. They've got a few unrestricted free agents. Uh, Zadorov's agent Dan Milstein mm-hmm. uh, leaked out that uh, he wants. He's asked a trade for his client, Zadorov. Russian Alan Walsh. I love it. <laughs> He's just the out Russian there on Twitter Alan letting Walsh. you know. Uh, and I, I don't know about that strategy to handpick a leak in Toronto. And I, correct me if I'm wrong, but he hashtagged it Leaf Forever or he, he linked Zadorov to he? the Leafs. He did. He did. He said, right? he said, I'm just pulling it up right now. He put the least hashtag in there? He did. Uh, I guess that's may, just how he many may eyeballs going to get he him. May have, uh, he may have deleted that tweet. That would be. That, I don't know. Maybe I'm wrong. I thought I saw it. No, he did. Okay. Oh, no, 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 no. He did not delete the tweet. He said, here comes the Dorov train. Get your hashtag least forever tickets today. Hashtag we are gold star exclamation mark. It's more about the hit. I, think. I just don't understand this. God, he laid out. Bertuzzi. What don't you understand? Okay, you're... Your 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 client's going to be a, a UFA. Yeah, the team's heading south. Yeah, you know you're getting traded. Uh huh. Why do you need to send out a tweet? Or why do you unhappy? Need, he wants you, out because the guys the force the team's want, hand. At least no, want him here. It doesn't work, are... JB. It doesn't work. You're not forcing anybody to do anything that they're not ready for. Yeah. And even a rookie, Craig Conroy, will not get pressured. To moving this guy at any time. He may have to wait till March. Dude, if do you follow the NBA, if you're a big enough jerk, they'll trade you eventually. You oh, just yeah. gotta make it difficult. Why, <laughs> James Harden why, why, why do you Jimmy Butler back in the Why day do you want to take your client and potentially make him into a jerk? Because you just want to be elsewhere, I guess. Doesn't make sense to me. His client is also a outspoken individual, right? He's out there not afraid to say his... All, all, all you do now is have a lot of pissed-off teammates at you. And Zadorov? He didn't say it. What do you mean he didn't say it? You think he had to get... You don't have approval? to say anything. You don't have to say anything. You're right, you though. Want his his teammates would be pissed. You're bailing on us. Where do you think you're going? It gets a little heated here, and you just ask for a trade. That's the way it works. You yeah. gotta. You may have to play another forty games. Yeah. Why do you want to have your teammates look at you going, okay, all right, that's the way it's going to be. You know, I think he seems someone uncomfortable, or sorry, comfortable with being uncomfortable. And you're right, though. I, I see your point that it's not ideal unless you think it rushes the trade. I mean, hey, they were the, in Toronto. He smoked Tyler Bertuzzi. There's been a ton of talk about the least senior defenseman. 
he was jumping but on also, off the show. It doesn't agent, work his, that his, way, Sammy. No, but he was. I mean, the agent literally tweeted it, so I'm just telling you I why know. he did it. Yeah. He was. It's a spotlight game. So no, the Friday it, night it was Hall a of setup. Fame game. It was a setup. What do you mean? Oh, I love this. They, they set it up. State. Calgary comes to Toronto. I'm going to leak the information. And here we go. Yeah. I mean, that makes sense. Biggest right, stage, way out. biggest hockey media hotbed. Yep. I can got to put my client right in the forefront. You want a defenseman? Here he is. I think Bertuzzi was in on it so they could get the message <laughs> out there. <laughs> he, he spanked him. Oh, oh he got him good. Man, that was a good hit. I mean, the Leafs are on the wrong end of a couple got of him good. serious hits this weekend. Three big ones. Yeah. Uh, speaking of getting smoked, Connor Bedard. Smoking the lead. But he got right back up. Oh, he did get drilled, yeah. But he also uh, is unbelievable and scores a lot and has nine goals now. I'm starting uh, to like my 50 call again. You do, eh? I'm starting to feel like I was right all along. You guys okay with uh, the Hurricanes bringing back uh, Hartford Whaler jerseys with uh, the, the Cooperals for warm-up? It's a little bit. Stolen Valor. Isn't it over? Well, it's not that it's over. It's, you know, as you say, Stolen Valor. Yeah, it's like, like they're not, they're not. Like, that's a was a proud... They stole ho- yes. the Whalers from so, Hartford. Now they're dragging you, the corpse out played. and showing it. Didn't it come with the sale? You, <laughs> they own it, yeah. You played for the Whalers. I did. This would drive me insane. I, wore one, I played one exhibition game with that green because Brian Burke changed it over to the blue. The blue is nicer anyway. The blue is nicer anyway. But I played one exhibition game with the green. Didn't the Thunder wear Supersonics jerseys? Yeah, it's a joke. Just Sonics by that time? It's, yeah. To me, it's not allowed. You can't do it. It's did the like, Avs ever wear Nordiques jerseys? Yes. They, they're like reverse retro was inspired The Coyotes by should wear Jets jerseys uh, against the spe- Jets. Spe- speaking of zigzags, oh, here we go. jerseys, I, I do believe that I, I got that green jersey somewhere. Bring it in. Oh, yes. The by the way, game, game, day, game day. That's why it's up. Game day. Got to head straight to Those the right, eggs. boys. Game day. We got to go. Hey, don't, yeah. don't be scared to make it dirty. Like well, have a, get a puck mark. Hey, get the camera closed. Hey, There's puck marks in there. There's not a minute, will you? It looks clean as can be. All right. Just like that, our thanks to Alan Mitchell from The Athletic covering the Oilers. Enjoy the two games tonight. Hall of Fame. We're back tomorrow.